everyone, and welcome back to the Love Well Podcast. My name is Anna. And my name is Marlene. And thank you guys for just tuning back in with us. We are continuing our series on immigration. And today we have a new guest, um, Alex. Welcome to the Love Well po- Podcast. Uh, we are so excited that you're here. Welcome. Um, just to give you guys a little bit of context, Alex and I work together. Um, and I remember meeting Alex for the first time. Um, he works with with alongside our youth pastor, and uh, the first thing he he tells me is that he is from Haiti, and I'm like, wait, when did you immigrate? And so we started talking about um, his story of immigration, and then I got to share, you know, a little bit of my story of immigration, and of course when we're doing a podcast on immigration, he came to mind and he has an incredible story. Um, Alex is someone that wholeheartedly loves the word of God. He is an amazing uh, preacher and uh, teacher of the word. Uh, So Alex, we are so glad that you are here with us. Uh, As we introduce you, could you tell us a little bit more about who you are? Hey guys, it's a pleasure for me to be on your podcast. And you know, whenever you would like to have a guest, you can count on me. There we go. We there we go. <laughs> yeah. Like like Marlene said, you know, I'm from Haiti, a small country in the Western Hemisphere, and we share an island with the Dominican Republic. And yeah, that's that's basically where I'm from. And I spent twenty-two years of my life in that beautiful country before I moved to the United States. That's awesome. So could you tell us um, a little bit of what life looked like in Haiti? What what did some of those 22 years, if you could uh, take us in, in a journey through your story, we would love to hear, hear some of that. Well, when I was growing up in Haiti, life was beautiful compared to now because I was able to go to school. I was able to do everything I wanted to do. And the country was was safe. I used to play with my friends in my neighborhood, playing our favorite sport, which is football. Not the American football. We call it football. I know, <laughs> That's right? the I know. name of it. We talk about that too. It is football for us. <laughs> Life was beautiful. And we have a rich culture compared to so many other countries. And I would say we share like some similarities with uh, some um, countries in the, uh, in this continent, like South, like, mm-hmm. you know, people from Venezuela, people from, mm-hmm. where are you from Marlene? So we, yes, we share absolutely. like some similarities. We share those and, things, yep, yep. Yeah, <laughs> it, was, it was really beautiful. Mm-hmm. My grandparents, they are farmers and my my grandfather is a is a shepherd. I used to be a farmer. I used to grow all sorts of vegetables. You know, I know how to cultivate the the ground. As a matter of fact, the first human being was a farmer, if you didn't know that. So Adam, and and I was a shepherd yeah, I too. Thought about it that way. Yeah. <laughs> I was thinking the shepherd part. Yeah. Yeah, I was a shepherd. I used to take care of some sheep for my grandfather. And now I'm no longer a shepherd. I would say I'm still a shepherd because I'm shepherding people for Mm -hmm. Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So it was really beautiful. And I miss the country, the culture, the food, the people, the history behind this beautiful nation. 
And if you guys would like to know more about this beautiful country, even though nowadays it's not like um, the way it used to be, you know, feel free to contact me and I can give you like a free history lesson. I love that. (laughs) Um, Okay, so you mentioned you spent 22 years in Haiti and then you immigrated to the U.S. So um, can you walk us through a little bit of that process? Like, what was it like coming here, first of all, from Haiti? Um, I mean, you mentioned the beauty of your home country, but what was the process like for you immigrating here? And also, how old were you? Was it what year was that? Do you remember? Yes, I remember everything because <laughs> it was not easy. You know, yeah. trying to leave a country to come to the U.S. Mm-hmm. is one of the most difficult things that can happen to you in life mm-hmm. because the U.S. embassy doesn't play. You know, they, they will have to ask you like millions of questions, mm-hmm. you know, and you have to, to have proof, you know, pieces of evidence to give them, mm-hmm. to convince them. So it was a long process and I came to the U.S. as an international student. Okay, before I got my international student visa, I had to go through a contest because my, you know, I grew up in a poor family. My mm-hmm. family didn't have money to pay school for me in the state. That would be like so hard. That's why before I tried to come to the U- to come to the U.S., I went to the state uh, contest in my country to go to universities, and it was like so challenging. I failed. I went for linguistic, I failed. I went for um, medical school, I failed. And I gave up because I was using my money to, to, to register for those contests. And as a result, I spent three years teaching in three schools in my neighborhood. You know, I taught French, uh, math, and English. And after that, the, the, the church I was attending, which is a Baptist church, the founder of that mission is an American citizen. So they immigrated to Haiti a long time ago, and they built so many things, hospitals, schools, and churches. Wherever you find a church, you're going to find a school with it. So I was attending one of the churches, and they have this program, you know, helping students to find scholarship to move to the U.S. to study. And the school that they would send you is Liberty University in Lynchburg, Virginia. So Mm. I was pretty involved in my church, very respectful, you know, always count on the Lord, reading my Bible all the time. I was very active. And the leaders of my church said, you know, Alex is a great guy, so we're going to send him to the contest. But at that time, my English was terrible. So I had to go to school. I went to an English school in my country for two years and a half to learn English. So I went to the contest. The first time, my English was bad. I failed. The second time, I went. I failed. The third time, I went. I I was ready at that time, and I succeeded, you know. And the contest was not easy because they would have uh, 40-plus students from all the churches, for that contest, and they would pick only two to send to to the U.S. So it was very, very competitive. Wow. And thanks to God, I was one of the two students that they chose to send to Liberty to send to Liberty University. And long story short, I would say short story long because 
it's a it's a long story. So <laughs> we had to go to the to the US embassy to get our student visa. So the the school would send me everything, letter of acceptance, my my transcripts were great because I was a good student. That's why they chose me to teach in three different mm -hmm. schools in my in my neighborhood. So I went to the US embassy and they asked me some questions and I answered all the questions. And the 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 consulate said, you know, unfortunately you're not qualified to go to the US as a student. It was heartbreaking. So yeah. I didn't know what to do because I was so close to leave my country. Can I pause you there for a second? So yes. you're saying essentially you were able to win the contest to come to Liberty University, but yet you still were not approved whenever you went to the embassy to approve to emigrate here. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So I went, the first time I went, they said, unfortunately, you're not qualified. Hmm. And I went back home. I, I talked to my sponsor and the same month, he sent me back to the U.S. embassy mm -hmm. and they told me the same thing. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was really crazy. And the, the next month, he sent me back and guess what? They, they told me the same thing. You're not qualified. Wow. You know, did, like did, you bring. They, sorry, can I ask you real quick? Did they tell you what would make you qualify? Like, were they specific, or they just told mm -hmm. you you do not qualify? Like, that's the the thing about the U.S. embassy. They're not gonna give you the reason why you're yeah. not qualified because Which they asked me some. Of course, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. They asked me so many questions, and I was ready for the questions. Like, where are you gonna stay? If I have a full scholarship, I'm gonna yeah. be living on campus. Yeah. So it's not really hard. And they would ask you, would you come back after your study? Of mm -hmm. course, I would come back because I wanted to serve my country. So basically three questions and you answered them and they said, you, you're not qualified. And they didn't really give you like a reason for your disqualification. Mm -hmm. So that year, it was 2017. Mm -hmm. I went to the U.S. embassy three times and I got denied all the three times. Mm -hmm. You know, like when, you, when you're playing tennis in the States, you know, three strikes you out. So <laughs> basically yeah. I was, I was out, I was devastated. And my, my, my family was sad. My friends, yeah. my church, but I had my mentor is a pastor. Good, good man of God. He said, mm -hmm. you know, Alex, we're going to pray. We're going to fast because you know, you, you were so close. You were so close and, and people were saying all this stuff. You know, people were against me, but we didn't really believe in that. But we prayed, we gave the matter to the Lord, and we went in prayer because that's what the Bible tells us as Christians to do. And we prayed, we prayed. And I remember I have a friend, she's a U.S. citizen. She She's in um, um, Oregon, Portland, I would say Salem, Oregon. Mm -hmm. And she used to come to Haiti as a missionary. We we're close friends. She likes my mom and we became friends. And one day we were talking over the phone and she was like, Alex, tell me what's happening to your uh, immigration process. And I'd explain her everything that happened the same way I just explained it to you. Yeah. And she said, that's, that's not possible. I, I can't understand. And the same day, she called the U.S. embassy on my behalf. 
and she asked them to check my my file and you know the same day you know she got a positive answer from them and she called my my sponsor the the guy was responsible for everything yeah. and th the next year because you know a year already spent by yeah 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 okay. it was really long the longest year of my life I'm and sure. and she called my my sponsor and my sponsor called me i was in the middle of teaching a class and he called my principal and the principal you know she she likes me and said alex you know you should go you should go because cindy my sponsor is call, is calling you and i went there he said you know alex you have to go to the u.s embassy right now right now and he was like do you have your passport and everything i was like yes it's like i was ready for it i have my passport and everything and he sent me to the u.s embassy and he said when you got there tell them that your name is on a special list i was like wow it's interesting and when i got there you know they asked me for my papers and i said my name is on a special list and they said like let's go let's go inside and i went inside i met a beautiful nice lady she interviewed me she asked me only one question and i answered that question and he said like congratulations okay I, I i wish you good luck on your travel and your study so what? it was it was in 2018, April 21st or like 23rd. You know, I remember the date because it was like wow. such a huge uh, moment for me in my life. So that's how I got my student visa one year later after I got denied three times at the US Embassy. Wow. But that's a journey. Thank you for sharing all of that because it just is insight into you know, the very much so complex, some very often confusing um, and broken immigration system, you know, where you are trying to do things as we've addressed again and again, like the right way. And yet, you know, there is delays, there's Road setbacks, block. there's it's roadblocks that people might not be aware. So thank you. We are um, just so grateful that you shared that part of your story. So tell us, you get the yes okay so at this point you're like i'm going to the u.s can you walk us what was it like to then you move here you start life here in the u.s as an international student can you tell us a little bit about that experience i mean it was a very exciting experience to yeah. know that i was going to leave my country and to get a better education and to go back to serve my church and my community because like i told you i love my country to death yeah and yeah. it was it was very exciting for me to be on a plane for the first time <laughs> because <laughs> i used to see yeah. them and i always wanted to be in one of them so when i yeah. landed in the u.s everything was different a beautiful country the the smell was different the infrastructure the the light the lighting because I used to to live in the in the countryside outside of the the city you know sometimes you would have like electricity but it wasn't constant and more than you know you know what I'm talking about <laughs> yeah we talk yeah about power outages and you know how in power cuts and in the consistent basis yeah <laughs> but yeah. I can imagine even more on the countryside because I grew up a little bit closer to the city and we would experience some of that but in the countryside I know it's more of a occurrence yeah it's worse yeah. it's worse it's like yeah. they don't even care about you <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah yeah and 
You know, when I landed, and I landed in um, Georgia, Neaport in Georgia, Atlanta, Georgia, and I had to take another flight to go to Bonoke, Virginia, because the Lynchburg Airport is too small. And the the school would have to pick me up from Bonoke, Virginia to Lynchburg, Virginia. It was like an hour drive, me and some other friends, and we're like so excited. And they drove us like to our dorm and huge campus. We couldn't see everything because it was at night, but we had an idea of what it looks like. Okay, when we're browsing the, the internet, the school website. And the next morning, it was the it was three of us. Me and one friend, we were in the same dorm, different room, different floor. And another friend, he was in, on a different uh, dorm. Mm. And when we woke up, we were trying to meet my friend, we were in the same dorm. It was easy for us like to meet. And my other friend, we were looking for him for three days on that campus because it's it's huge. It's it huge. Is. And we had we had no idea what we were doing. It it was huge. And you know, finally during orientation, we, we found him and we told him that we were looking for him for three days. And he was doing the same thing too. <laughs> it was wow. it was it was it was beautiful. It was very exciting. And it was very hard at the same time because the, the, the adaptation was not quite easy. You know, when you first move to a different country, uh, there is cultural shock. You know, I was, I was very shocked because I thought, you know, I spoke English very well, but I realized how limited my English was. And it was a frustration for me, mm, you know, because yeah. the country, they have like the jargon, you know, the lingo. And you didn't use to use uh, this kind of language. It was really, it was very frustrating. And the food too, I used to eat well, good food, well seasoned, you know, when I'm drinking <laughs> coffee. Yeah. <laughs> when I'm drinking yeah, fair, that's fair. <laughs> yeah. Very yeah, because. <laughs> I, I can confirm that part too. <laughs> And I had to add salt on everything and sugar in my country. It's not like that. You know, everything is, is well prepared and tasty and delicious. And, you know, it was, it was, it was really hard for me to get used to the food. And the first day my stomach got upset. Hmm. Yeah. And for the language and the way people live in the in the u.s which is completely different than my country because i learned that if you're holding someone's hand you're in a relationship and in my country it's not like that <laughs> you know if i'm in a relationship with someone i'm not gonna be holding hand with my partner but my friends are gonna hold her hand and you might you you're not gonna think that they're in a relationship you know it's like the reverse in in my in my country and the the fake smile people would give you on campus, you know, you you make eye contact, and then, and the the moment you leave, you know, their 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 face come back to to normal. So, yeah, the language was very frustrating. The fake yeah. smile, you know, the holding hands, and I I was not able to find like food trees, you know, because. In my country, wherever you go, you find like food trees and I couldn't see them, you know. Mm -hmm. And in the morning, the, the woosters would wake you up with the calls. And, you know, I, yeah. I've never experienced that in the, 
in the in the US, which is something yeah. I I miss. Uh, the the Wooster yeah. would tell you like it's time to wake up, you know, mm. to get busy. But in in the the light pollution too, you know, I used to start gazing in my in my country, but because of the star pollution in the US, I mean the light pollution, you can't really see the stars unless you go to a particular place, you know. That was yeah. that was the 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 hard part of my immigration into a different country. But after that, everything was beautiful. It was yeah. clean. It was clean because there was a time I was looking for a fly. I couldn't find it. Mm. <laughs> I was because the canvas was so clean and I couldn't yeah. buy a fly. You know, it was yeah. That's that's basically it. And I think I encountered like some other cultural shock. But I don't really remember. If they come to my alley, you know. For sure. No, please, yeah. thank you. This this has been so really awesome. I feel like you've you've gone really into depth of like even even like little things that we don't might not you consider. Don't think about. That to yeah. someone, you know, you're like, Oh yeah, light pollution. I'm, where are the stars? Like I'm looking outside and I can't see them. Or, you know, just I, I don't know if, if this happened to you, but also how big everything is. Like everything is big. Everything, everything is gigantic. <laughs> yeah, everything is, is, is not, I know that that was one of my cultural shocks when I moved I'm like, oh my gosh, like everything is so big. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And when you order food too, they give you a lot of food. Oh, the size, the proportions. <laughs> yes, yes. It's, it's, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but no, it's, it's really great to see, you know, those, and then culturally, like even socially, you know. It, interesting um how that y you you saw those things um the the those cultural differences marked you know in in a different yeah. way uh, but yeah for sure language is always something that even though you speak a language there are it's a culture too you know that comes with it even though i myself too new english i remember telling don like what, what do they mean what are they saying because there's a lot of cultural things and like jokes or you know events or things people like oh from childhood and make references i'm like well i didn't grow up here so i don't know what you mean but sure you know uh, but so thank you anyway uh for sharing all of those little nuances and and mm -hmm. and differences um you know i don't know if you if you want to Okay, can I actually backtrack real quick? Because I was just thinking when you mentioned um, your friends that came to campus, were those the people that uh, that also got the like won the contest, or was that some was that other friends that were able to emigrate? I'm just wanting to clarify. Yeah, the 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 two friends I I was with, you know, they they went to the same process. Okay, okay, yeah, they they won the the contest too. Well, okay, so one of the things that we're, like, big on this podcast with the immigration series that we're doing is, like, not everyone's process looks the same, right? So I was just curious, did they have to try three times and get denied? Or what was their process? No, I would say my case was special. I don't know, for some reason, okay. maybe maybe God was refining me, you know, different mm -hmm. people have like different experiences in life. Yeah. Those guys, they went only once. And some of the students who won the contest, like they used to travel to the States, so they didn't have like any problems. And, okay, okay. You know, and most of them, they're like pastors, kids, and some of them are not, I'm not a pastor, uh, a PA, a, a PK, I'm not a pastor's kid. So mm -hmm. I think, you know, our, <laughs> you know, 
our experience was was very different. They they didn't know what I what I went through. <laughs> Some yeah, of them don't don't even know. That's what's interesting to us. Like yeah. it's just the difference. Like we had a couple um the last episode that was on here and theirs was completely a different at least experience once they got to the States too. Right. Yeah. So it's just always interesting to see the different perspectives, but okay. So you mentioned um, some of the hardships moving to the States and the differences, like Marlon said of like the nuances that you just don't even think about. Um, it sounds like you're a very persistent guy. I would imagine because, I am. you know, like trying three times getting denied. That's a, that's mm-hmm. a lot. And so yeah. um, what are you, are there things that you're thankful for that you learned maybe in this process or, um, I mean, Liberty is a Christian university. So how did you see God in that journey of getting denied? Like you said, maybe it was refining you or something, but how'd you see God work in all of that? Well, thank you for the question. That's a beautiful question, you know, and there was like so many things I can be grateful for and I don't even know where to start. Mm -hmm. The first thing I would say is I learned to wait on God's timing. Because God's timing is the best timing ever. You know, yeah. God knows the way. He knows what he's doing. He's never late or never early. He's always on time. So I had to learn that even though it was not easy because people don't like to wait. You know, and so that's why the Bible tells us to have this foot of the spirit, which is patience. You know, because God is teaching us, he's preparing us for a way that he's going to do with us. So he has to teach you first. So you have to take the class and and pass it. So I learned to be patient and to rely on God. So this Mm -hmm. is the first thing that I I learned from the whole process. And I waited on God because I remember like the first time I went to the U.S. embassy and so many people already knew that I was going to leave the country. My -hmm. pastor was proud telling everyone that Alex is going to leave the country, which I didn't like. Because in my in my in my culture, you know, when you're doing something like that, you do it like privately. Because mm-hmm. so you don't know who loves you and who hates you, mm-hmm. and people might do like um, bad stuff, you know, to try to cancel everything, mm-hmm. you know, magic stuff, you know, if you don't know about <laughs> magic, but yeah, stuff like that. So yeah. I was not afraid because I know I knew God was on my side. But mm-hmm. in life, you have to be you have to be careful. You have to be reserved. And I guess some people were proud and, you know, God opposes the proud and he gives grace to the, to the humble. Maybe that's why God delayed the the process and he didn't want anyone to get the glory because everything that God is doing, he does it for his glory. You know, if his glory is going to be shared, he's going to stop it until he's going to get like the full credit of what he is going to do. So I learned that and you know, I'm grateful because not everyone had that opportunity to come to the state to have a better education. And I'm grateful to God, too, because he helped me. Um, he developed my, my mind. My, he gave me, like, the, the aptitude, like, the capacity to, to study, mm-hmm. okay? Because when it comes to languages, I love languages. I always wanted to be a linguist. Mm-hmm. You know, I guess, you know, I'm still doing my best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And I used to to teach ESL, so I mean I'm in the field, so I'm I'm grateful because I was able to get this um, level of education. I know in Haiti we have education, but our system is different. This mm-hmm. the um, the system is more efficient, I would say, 
and now I get that education and now I'm able to help other people. And whenever I would go back to my country, I'll be able to teach uh, my congregation because, you know, my pastor, he trusts me. I would be able to teach English helping um, students in, in my community. So I'm really grateful for that and all the beautiful people I've met and all the beautiful lessons I've learned from them and all the opportunities that God put on my way because, you know, that's something I like about the U.S., which is different from all, I would say, most countries in the world because everyone is trying to come to the U.S. because there is something beautiful that it's offering, which is opportunity to succeed in life. You know, you have like so many resources, mm -hmm. you know, to make it in life. So that's something I'm really grateful for to be able to be in the in the first country in the world that that that's that's something and i was able to meet marlene to 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 hear her story and now i'm working with some children pouring into them because we're living in a culture where like people don't believe in god and i get to to learn about god and god is using me in a powerful way you know, to invest what I know, to impart my knowledge to, to, to youth. And, you know, nowadays they don't really believe, believe in God because of like evolution. That's what most believe in. And God yeah. is putting me in a environment to teach them to believe the word of God. And that's really beautiful. And one thing that I'm grateful for is that, you know, God, Sometimes when I'm thinking about my life, myself, I'm like, you know, I can see that my my story is similar to Joseph's story in the Bible, you know. Mm -hmm. yeah. I didn't know why, you know, everything was happening. You know, now, of course, I have more knowledge than Joseph when he was a teenager because he was, he was like a bit impulsive telling all his brothers <laughs> about his dreams. So okay. I, was, I was different. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, God used, yeah, <laughs> and God, yeah. yeah, God uses me, you know, and now I can, I can help my, my family back home, you mm -hmm. know, because like I told you, we, we, I, I grew up in a poor family being in the U S when God is blessing you, you have the opportunity to bless others, not to tell them to pray and wait on the Lord to do the same thing for them because God bless me. I'm going to be a blessing to other people. Mm -hmm. So I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm really grateful for that. And I'm grateful too, because, you know, I was able to, to meet my spouse and now I'm married in the, in the country. Awesome. I love that response. Cause like you said, I mean, God's glory is what ultimately matters in our stories. Right. And so I think it, that's why it's so cool that we have you know, all different perspectives. We've had all different perspectives on this podcast mm. to really showcase God's glory in all of it. Um, and just the uniqueness and like how special your story is. And like you said, just being put in position to bless other people through sharing your story first off, but also sharing your faith. And it sounds like, I mean, it's interesting because I kind of feel like we've been, uh, getting all of these stories, getting all these different perspectives on this podcast. But ultimately, I think the lie that a lot of people believe and the truth that everyone has said in their own way on this podcast is like, my immigration story is not a mistake. Like God mm -hmm. knew exactly what he was doing when he sent me here, when he allowed me to come to the States. Yeah. 
Um, I mean, yes, it hasn't been easy. And I know Marlene has mentioned this before, like there's hardships, Mm -hmm. there's things that have come with it. But I think it's so cool, at least from our perspective, to be able to showcase it in like a way that's like, yes, but God knows exactly what he's doing. And he created everyone in the way that he did for his purposes. So thank you for sharing that. That was amazing response. Yeah, no, I I love that you you shared um, that powerful side of of your story because it comes back to God. And I think that when we think about stories and the reason I also, why we make it a point to ask not only about the hardships, but also about the good times, the, the, the things that are good. Because mm-hmm. in our stories, it's not every, everything is not exclusively bad and not everything is exclusively good because, I mean, we're humans, right? And, and that's how it works. But to be able yeah. to stop and remember and say, hey, these things were hard and we're not going to, like, I mean, as you said, it was a hard year. I cannot imagine how hard it was to have been said denied three times. A whole year goes by. Like the amount of patience, the amount of like, but you said, and this is what I love and I don't want to miss out on this. You prayed and you said, this matter belongs to God. This belongs to Mm -hmm. him. So you prayed, you fasted and you left it in, in his hands. And then as a part of his will, you know, and, and I think as a reminder too, and even I have to remind myself this, you know, cause being an immigrant, it's easy to, 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 to say like, oh yeah, this, this is terrible in so many ways. And, and you miss so many parts of, of, of your, your, what your reality look like. Right. Um, yeah. but getting back to, but God and his will, and he is bigger than any immigration system as, as daunting yeah. as it can be as, Amen. as, as fearful, you know, I, I remember it's like, oh yeah, but it's like the U.S. immigration system, and it's like, but God, and who, who's the owner of the world? Who's the creator <laughs> of the world? And we are His children, you know, we are His children. So um, yeah, it's just really incredible. And and I also love just to point out that you have a mindset because unfortunately, being in the immigrant community, it doesn't happen often where people also still think about their people back home, (laughs) you know, because when you get here, it's very easy to get sucked Mm -hmm. into, okay, this is my life now. And this is like, just, I'm going to move forward. And you think about like providing and um, all the things, but the fact that you're also still thinking of your family back home, what a gift, you know, and your people and your community and wanting them to, you know, see them thrive and, and succeed and just like provide, provide for their own families in a different way that they don't have the opportunities to do so. So anyway, I just want to make sure that um, we just pointed all those beautiful things that you have to share with us. Okay, so, I'm also curious. Okay. Wait, real quick, Marlon. I'm curious mm-hmm. because you mentioned your story feels a little bit like Joseph's in the Bible, but also Marlon mentioned, like, we're all human, right? Yeah. When you were, when that year, like we were just mentioning that you got denied three times, did you ever doubt God? Were you ever like, okay, maybe this isn't supposed to happen? Maybe I'm not supposed to be coming to the States? Like, was there ever any doubt in that process? Or did you fully really depend the whole time on him? Well, that's that's a good question. Um, I just feel answer, like we're human, you know. Yeah, the the answer might might surprise you. No, I didn't doubt God because wow. I was I was twenty one, you know, turning twenty two, and I was working with the Lord for quite a, um, like some years, like half a decade, 
and my mentor was alongside me. So he he would like mentor me and help me to understand who God is. And I used to to read my my Bible a lot, mm. and I knew that it was gonna happen. I knew it was gonna happen. And most of the time, when something good's gonna happen for God's children, you know, you'd you'd face like some hardships, things like to discourage you. I know some people would get like a bit discouraged, you know. But I guess I was I was ready for that, mm-hmm. and I would I would I would have like some some visions, some dreams about mm-hmm. the whole process. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were a confirmation to me because. Some people don't believe in dreams, but I do because so many people in the Bible had a lot of dreams and they came true. So, and I remember the year that I got denied three times um, while I was sleeping, I was at the U.S. embassy because, you know, when you're doing something, your mind is there. (laughs) (laughs) And I was, I saw like a lion, a lion trying to devour me. Because they were giving me the the um, the the visa, and the lion was trying to devour me. And if you know your Bible, you know that in First Peter chapter five verse eight, the Bible tells us that the devil is warring like a lion trying to devour us. So mm-hmm. I knew the blessing was there, mm-hmm. and you know my my mentor is good at interpreting dream, and it was pretty clear to me. And we said like, yeah. Yeah, you know, the, the devil is trying for you not to leave the country because I was going to be a blessing for my family, not only my family, but for people in the U.S. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a citizen of the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, yeah, so that's Earth why. It's not know, our home. Earth yeah, not exactly. Right. That's right. It's not our <laughs> so, idea. So, so that's why, you know, I put my whole faith in in Jesus Christ because of my ma- maturity in, in, mm-hmm. in him. Yeah. Yeah. It, I know it, it would not be the same thing for every person. If you're like a baby Christian, even if like if you're like an adult Christian, sometimes you you can doubt. Yeah. But it wasn't the case for me. I'm not trying to be like super Christian, you know. But it wasn't the case for me. I'm just I'm just being honest. No, you know? I'm glad you're honest. I mean, I, yeah. like that's why I was question. I was curious, just you know, the process. Yeah. But yeah, thank yeah. you for yeah. sharing that. Thank, thank you for sharing that, that story, okay. that dream. Wow. Yeah. yeah. That's that's wild. That's wild. No, thank you for. And sharing. you know, my throughout my life, even when I'm here, you know, I I usually encounter lion in in mm-hmm. my in my dreams. You know, Satan is mm-hmm. is after me. Not only me, but all Christians. But the thing is, you know, a lion in the Bible. Whenever it says like a lion, it means the enemy. But whenever it says like the 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 lion. He's talking about the the line of the tribe of Judah, and mm-hmm. I had another another dream while I was here, and this line was after me, after me. The thing is, I was I was sharing the gospel to someone, and that person is that person was a Jehovah Witness in the dream, mm-hmm. and you know they don't believe that Jesus Christ is God, and I and I was using references to say that jesus christ is god and if you reject that if you don't believe in that you're going to hell and that person turned into a lion and mm-hmm. i ran away and you know it was right the, the lion was about to catch me and i called in the name of the line of the tribe of judah and all of a sudden i was riding on the back of a huge lion so jesus wow. came to my rescue wow 
That's, That's amazing. That's amazing. Thank you for sharing, sharing all of the the imagery, you know, and just yeah. the really the, the symbolism of like what a lion. I um, mean, I th thank you for making that also a little theology, uh, theological like difference of like, there's this lion, but then the lion. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I didn't know that. Good. Also, I also didn't know that scripture was like literal. I I just kind of assumed that was like a symbolic thing, but that makes sense if you like like you mentioned, dreams yeah. do yeah happen like that so and, and yeah. I, i'm glad you also brought up that because i think that is all also comes i don't know if you've experienced this alex um with the way we experience god in our home countries looks yeah. different than in this context so it's yep. just interesting how we can also not limit how god works just because it looks at way here in the u.s and i know like um, and I don't think we've talked about this, Alex, um, but I know in my home country, like this would be a whole other podcast. Like, 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 <laughs> it does. It does. But, you know, it's, it's just interesting. We'll have because, you on like, too, Alex. Yes, we, we yeah. will have to. We'll have to. Um, but I, what I, what I want to share is that we are like the we have more like spiritual, like uh, manifestation, mm -hmm. manifestation. So it shows up. So we're less shy to talk about like, yeah the spiritual world because we have seen it like and, and when you mm -hmm. said like uh magic and and all of that like i know it, it comes it, there is part of my story that i haven't shared but there is that that has been a part of my family as well and people that have been in the dark side <laughs> of things and yeah. it's real <laughs> and yeah, it's it is. like it, it is <laughs> real um but then you come here and the conversation changes a little bit and there's more skepticism um on like wait no we don't see it but i i have been able to see like the enemy works differently <laughs> same enemy just different yeah. strategy you know so yes. here it's more masked with self you know it's yeah. more masked with knowledge it's more masked with even success itself you know what mm -hmm. is really success and what is, you know distraction comfort comfort is one of the biggest mm -hmm. things that even i've seen i'm like oh yeah because Growing up, like comfort, it, there is, but it it, it looks different. <laughs> it yeah, looks different. Very uh, different. But the comfort that we talk here in the U.S. context, it's a whole different thing. So <laughs> so yeah, it's just interesting, and, and I'm glad that you are unapologetic about talking about that because it is true, and and I think it's just a reminder for all of us. Because um, I know some people have had conversations with like, hmm, are you sure? Or did you just make it up? You know, it's, it's easy because here it's a very logical, like I need to see it to believe. Yeah. And I know we come from cultures where it's sometimes the other way around, yeah. where we have faith and then, you know, believe first and then see. Um, yeah. So yeah. anyway, just wanted to mention that so good. Um, because you you have shared part of the, those dreams, but I know that that is not the context for everybody. And even for people listening, they could be a little bit like, oh, okay. And as you said, not everyone believes in, in God working in that way, but I have experienced it in my home country. And when I talk to people, again, the US is so diverse. And one of the reasons that I love like people from, I've met, I mean, I met you and you know, if it wasn't for us being here, we wouldn't probably have met. So just like having those, those things. Um, but yeah, thank you for, yeah, just just wanted to, to note that, that it is a difference, you know, that, yeah. and, and we do see that um, in how we experience God. And one of the things that I know, John and I, when we started dating and we did long distance and countries apart, he always noted that how he saw God in a different light. 
And I know, um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with uh, Tim Keller. He is a great theologian. Um, he used to be, he passed away, but I respect Unfortunately. him. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. But he all, once he shared a quote, and I'm going to butcher this, so please go look it up. <laughs> or uh, I think it was a sermon that he has shared, and John shared it with me. Um, so he was just saying that we do not see a full scope of God until we experience him and see him through the eyes of other cultures yeah. along the lines. And it's so true. And we've seen it with John and our relationship and I've seen it like in other ways. So even you bringing us into like, this is how you experience God and in your culture, in your context, in your country. And we yeah. get to hear and see of a different side of God <laughs> that we haven't been introduced to, you know? Um, so I just think it's just beautiful. That's all, all that to say <laughs> is that I think it's beautiful and it gives us another gl glimpse of our creative God that cannot mm -hmm. be boxed into this is how he reveals and operates in the world. <laughs> but hey, flip it around. How do you experience and see God and how does he speak even to his children in the world? It's going to look different, you know? So Amen. yeah, yeah. yeah. So I just love that. Okay, so changing gears a little bit. I want you to tell me, because you've been here, you know, being an immigrant uh, for five, six years now, right? Yeah, about so, six years. So you went to Liberty. Um, can you tell us a little bit of what the journey, what what is today look like for you? You, mar you mentioned you got married. Um, so yeah. can you just tell us a little bit more of your story after, you, okay, you, you, you told us about life a little bit as a student international student but what does what what does it look like now yeah so for now life i would say life is beautiful mm -hmm. and i when when i was going to liberty university i have a friend who lives in charlotte and i would come with him in charlotte you know f for like the the breaks and there was we we had another female friend and we all came down to Charlotte and she went online, you know, the B, B how do you call this app when, where you meet friends, BFF, something like that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, <laughs> I know. yeah. 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 and yeah. she, she met my, my wife. So she was friends of my wife. So I met my wife through a mutual friend okay. and we went out together and we exchanged phone number and we started talking. And that's, that's, that's how we ended up being, being together. And I would drive like sometimes th three hours from Lynchburg to Virginia to spend some time with, with my girlfriend at that time. So that's, that's how we met. And after my graduation, I graduated in 20, May, 2022 with a um, um, degree in pastoral leadership or like divinity. I started mm -hmm. as a business major, but it was too hard mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. So I changed it to divinity. And I think it fits me better than business yeah. though. Even yeah. though I still, I, I do business, but I'm more yeah. like in the, for the sure. divinity side. So, and after my graduation, you know, I decided to get married five months later. And we, we, we got eloped. We got eloped. It wasn't like a big thing. Mm -hmm. uh, because, you know, I always wanted to get married early. And I know how the, the, the struggle is real in the States, how temptation is real. And I don't like the way some people are living in, in the U.S. because they cohabitate, you know, it's like sex is a casual thing, mm. you know, and 
they don't have like the spiritual view of it and i never wanted to to have a life like that knowing where i came from and where god is going with me i'm not gonna carry any baggage that's gonna be like a hindrance for my work with with the lord so i decided to to get married so and we've been married for a year and a half you know everything is not like bed of roses sometimes we have lows we have highs but we're doing our best yeah so yeah i'm surprised so did you you were i guess she lived in charlotte so you moved to charlotte um because of her i'm guessing uh i would say yes uh, first you know after my graduation i went to texas i lived there for okay. five five months like okay. austin texas five months and you know we we were on the phone together and the long distance was killing us and you know i was like i have to do something even though i was a bit in, impulsive making that that decision and i said like we have to get married we have to get married and we got married and we got married in, in Texas, um, and we and I moved here, and we we started living together since then. Yeah, I'm just surprised that you stay. You're still in the city because I feel like when you first talked about coming to the states, you were like, "I like to you know stargaze and and like all the like countryside stuff that reminds you of home." So I'm like, man, I wonder what it's like with the city life now because mm. Charlotte. I'm in Charlotte as well, but Charlotte is growing like crazy. Yeah, and it's been like, like crazy. There's like no more countryside, suburb area at all. Like yeah. it's, it's yeah. wild. It's, it's yeah. very much city life. Very much. Life. Very much city life. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, um, you know, I'm I'm getting used to it. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you 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 do get used to it. Um, so can you tell us a little bit of um? Something that I appreciate we do is that we're not only sharing stories, but we also want to come at, um, want to just be able to share also from the perspective of immigrants, um, something that we can learn about you and your culture. So what is something that you can tell our listeners who maybe have never been to Haiti? I mean, I've never been to Haiti. <laughs> um, I've only heard of and have met other other people um, from there, but what is something that we could learn today about your culture and your country that you would want us to learn? Yeah, I would say <clears throat> the first thing that came to mind is that my people is very resilient. You know, we're very courageous and we don't give up easily, you know, like my story described. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. We, yeah we, we, we don't give up easily and whatever we have, we're going to work with it and trying not to depend on on people and that's how i grew up you know i i didn't grow up like with my father so i i i wasn't dependent on him because i had to work with what i what i had so i would say that's something people should know about this this nation very resilient very strong mentally you know, ready to face the, the hardship of, mm. of life. And one thing, if some people didn't know, Haiti was like the first free black country in the Western hemisphere. Mm. And that mindset was like very contagious. And that's why, you know, mm. so many other countries got their independence and most of them, Haiti helped them, 
help mm-hmm. them to become to become free. And our leaders, uh, to l'ouverture, Jean-Jacques Dessalines, Capois Lamour, these guys, they 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 finance people in South America, like your leaders, uh, yeah. and they give them money, food, and weapon weapons, and they would send like soldiers to help them fight for the freedom. This is something mm. I'm proud. I'm really proud to be Haitian, you know, and Haiti even help the U.S. You know, <laughs> the Battle of Savannah. You know, to get his freedom from 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 England. You know, so it's 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 beautiful. And at that time, we were about to whoop the butt of the the biggest, like the the most powerful army at that time, the Napoleon army. And and we whooped their their, their butt like like babies, and we got our our freedom. You know, this is something some people yeah. don't know. That's something yeah. to be proud of for sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That you you gave us a good history lesson. I feel like just learned so much, and I have so many right. other questions. <laughs> uh, but that's incredible. No, for sure, because there is something. Man, again, we're not going to get into all of this, but just going to mention it. Like there is something of coming from a country that has been colonized, and from a country that has not. There's many layers that go into that. I come from a country that has been colonized and I can see the effects of colonization even to this day um, that we don't even realize that, you know, generation to generation have been passed on um, some awful, terrible things and, you know, some good things too. Um, But all that to say that mentality I did not grow up with, like, you know, I didn't grow up in a like free from colonization country. Um, So it's interesting, you know, love to hear that, (laughs) that perspective of like, yeah, being, um the first black free country like that's amazing you know yeah that's awesome that's pretty awesome pretty awesome so what learn something about your culture love it love it yeah and guess what (laughs) you know Haiti had to pay because of her freedom you know Mm -hmm. and for like people to recognize our uh, to recognize us as a free nation Mm -hmm. we had to pay and you know we got our independence and the year of 1803 1804 and the u.s would recognize haitian like as a free country until 1862 i believe and after that because there was like they the 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 powers like the great countries they considered that as an assault how come like a small country would do that to us and because of that we've been we've been suffering imagine that you know for them to recognize for friends because you know we were like the best colonies and we would supply like food for friends like haiti was healthy mm-hmm. you know it was like the center of their like mm-hmm. empire so that's yeah. why you know they 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 treated us like that and we had to pay another president like a lot of money you know after our after we got our independence friends required us to pay them and I believe in today's money, it would be like oh, almost like half a million, like not half a million dollars. That's what am I saying? A lot of money. I a don't really, really <laughs> remember the exact <laughs> amount yeah. and we had to pay them. So yeah. I guess, you know, because we did that and the, the country has been suffering. Yeah. yeah. Well, can, How can dare I you to do something I, like that? Yeah. No, seriously. I We haven't asked this, but I know that things have been have changed 
Like, because you, you're telling me this beautiful history, and and I love it. I I do know that um, things have changed and shifted, and things are not the same, and there's a lot of hardships. How can we be praying for Haiti? Like, what you know, what is something that uh, listeners, us, like, mm. how could we be praying for for Haiti? Yeah, I'll say the first thing is to pray for a spiritual awakening, mm. because I believe that the people is far from God. And whenever you fall from God, you know, life is not going to be good for you. You know, for, for God to give us like good leaders, non-corrupt leaders. So because that's something that's killing Haiti, corruption, corruption, and corruption. And I believe if we have like good, good leaders and the people look to God, because the Bible says, if we cry out to God, he's going to hear us and he's going to heal our nation. So I want, I want our people to, to repent and for God to send good leaders. And I think that that way the, the country is going to feel a little bit relieved. Yeah. No, thank you for Mm. sharing. I just felt led to asking, you know? Yeah. Thank (laughs) you. We're mindful, you know, of, of the realities, you know, that the hardships too, and how can we pray? You know, that's the best posture and the best thing to do first, pray. I think that's a perfect transition, Marlon, because um, this is called the Love Well podcast. And so the uh, goal is just for us to better learn everyone's stories, but in a way that's loving. And I know a lot of people have said, you know, um, a big part of loving people well, um, loving immigrants well, is just asking questions, you know, just not Mm -hmm. making assumptions, because I think what we've proven over these um, last episodes that we've recorded is just that everyone's story is unique. Everyone's story is different. Um, And so we can all learn from each other, just like you gave us a history lesson and um, all the things that we've learned from your story this episode as well. Um, So we love to close and make sure that we ask our guests before we close, just in your opinion, because you said you've been here now six years. um, Mm -hmm. What is something maybe you can say, you know, ask questions too, but what is something that comes to mind um, when it comes to how can we love immigrants better and like in a, in a well manner? Mm -hmm. And thank you for the question. One thing I forgot to mention, if you haven't tried Haitian food, please do. One of the best cuisines in the world. Okay. Yes. Yes. yes, I think I've had Haitian food. Yeah. It's a lot more seasoned. Tasty. Yeah. I have yet to try it, so now I have to. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, the first thing I would say we can do to show love to our fellow immigrants is to share the word of God with them, to share the good news about the kingdom of God that is yet to come because that's going to mm. save them from hell. Mm. That's the best thing. That's, that's, that's the best thing. And, mm. you know, but after sharing the gospel, your actions is going to reflect what you just told them, the goodness that you shared. You know, for example, if they are in need and you're ready to, to help them, I know it's not something that the the american culture does like giving people right because of accident and people suing you mm-hmm. stuff like that but mm-hmm. since you know we we come from different places if you feel it 
if you feel like it's it's good to give them some right sometimes you can do that and give them some money and if they're struggling let's say linguistically you help them because you speak english fluently and you know you can be an interpreter for them and if you know like some places some resources that can be beneficial to them you you guide them because mm -hmm. some of them you know they're new and they have no idea about the country they don't know how it works so mm -hmm. since you're like more resourceful guide them be a guide for them because you were once um in their shoes so i would say that's those it, are like yeah. the, the 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 ways you know that we can use to to help immigrants like like us but don't forget the first one is to share the word of god with them because that's the best way you can help anybody hmm. i love that yeah. I, are you sure you're not a pastor's kid i'm not <laughs> yeah, i'm not i don't know about that <laughs> i'm not no babe i i what i appreciate about our interactions alex is that you always bring it back to god you always mm -hmm. bring it back to the good news you always bring it back to this is the most important thing. So I really, really appreciate that. And I know your love for scripture and, you know, we've had theological um, conversations and, and I yeah. just truly enjoy it because um, I, I learned from you too, you know, and, and your perspective. Um, so thank you for sharing that because, yeah, the most important thing that we can do as Christians to love immigrants well is, you know, share the good news and just be reminded of that. And that's going to look a little bit different. But I also heard availability again um mm -hmm. availability to as you said you have the resources you can help you know but it is an investment it's taking time like what you said if with with being that, that intentionality and i just want to give a shout out uh to my mother-in-law because <laughs> i have seen her do this so beautifully of being available um and i know that we don't all have like the same time availability but there is something about just um, being available and saying yes to, hey, I need to go grocery shopping. Can I get a ride with you? You know, so mm -hmm. um, just just little things like that that you can be available yeah. um, to people. And as you said, like share resources, resources. It's not always just like, okay, here's food and here's clothing, but also like, hey, what are your passions? What do you like? You know, mm -hmm. I know this person. Hey, l let me connect you with that person. Or, right. you know, be, be go, go beyond just like a, a physical, tangible need. And as you said, like resource, that, that's where <laughs> my mind also went to. Like, yeah, we can also connect people. We can, hey, this is very overwhelming. It's everything is new, right? <laughs> so yeah. it's like, help us navigate, you know, this new world <laughs> of possibilities. Because even though... And I will say this, and Alex, I don't know if you, if you would feel this way, but sometimes having a lot of opportunity and resources can be overwhelming as well. So even knowing how yeah. to navigate and get to those opportunities and resources can be also challenging. Yeah, it's like, I it's feel you. yeah, so, so yeah. So guys, if you're he hearing this and you encounter immigrants, and I mean, this also not just immigrants, this is just to people around you. Like let's be better yeah. people and more available and, and really sharing the resources and not, you know, I know sometimes too, uh, we, it's easy to go into the scarcity mentality of like, oh no, this is just for me. No, it's like God calls us in his word to really share, you know, um, more of himself, but also share of what he's given us and blessed us with. And it just ties back in with your story, 
your story, yeah. Alex, and everything you share, like we can give back. <laughs> um, yeah. And even mm-hmm. if it's not the norm, we can, we can be different. Um, so thank I you for sharing that. all of that, all of that. Um, well, guys, we've come to the end of this episode, and we hope that this has been a blessing as much as I know it's been for me um, and Anna. And um, we are just always truly honored to have stories and perspectives, and yeah. we just learn with each time. <laughs> That's why I love that we get to do this. Um, and I love that you guys get to join in and listen. Yeah. So we hope this was a blessing to you. Um, and we'll catch you on the next episode. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.